have a very special guest. Uh, she's an Avent pop artist and producer, Fifi Rong. How are you today? Yeah, I'm very well. I'm actually feeling really good. It's midnight over here, but uh, yeah, feeling feeling very sharp still. All right, thank great. you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Can can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you got into uh, as far as music goes at a young age, and um, what got you into NFTs? Um, I've been independent, uh, doing music, um, producing music, and um, it's kind of like a reborn religion for me because in my earlier uh, space, I was talking about like a long story coming to where I uh, where I am, but in a short way, I would say. Um, I was born in China and I grew up to a point when I was like a teenage, uh, 13, 14. And I knew in my soul that I wanted to devote my life into music. But I was like a kind of like a ruthlessly like a shutdown as in from the self-esteem to the faith to knowing that I'm not good enough for this. Like I just don't have it, you know don't have the raw ingredients for music so I stopped for a very like I didn't I didn't pursue it I actually went to a different like the opposite uh route um in life but I was really unhappy until uh until a little bit later I would say uh, after my master I graduated uh graduating from uh, my master degree and I really wanted to find out my life's calling because I was really unhappy and, and so the situation was really bad at, at the time. So I had to make a choice. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of like I cut all my bridges and burned all my retreats uh, and then jumped into music. But there was a lot of like kind of like coincidence and uh, like universal science that dragged me into into doing music. And once I did it, I realized that was my you know that that's why I, I come here for that's why I was born into this life to do this thing so it's like you discover oh my god like you know this feels so good and this is my calling and this is my purpose uh, uh, in life so I started to do that and I never really looked back and uh, whatever whatever um, music to, took me to I just kind of like make it work uh, if it's hard or not hard, and starting from London, people say this is difficult. Yeah, it was difficult, but you know, this is the only thing I know. Um, so yeah, so I had always uh, kind of like uh, make the music I wanted to make, and I had like a big detour where I kind of like I lost my passion because I I went into a uh, bad management where it wasn't really, you know, my, my soul was kind of like a dying. And I got out of that. And so that made me uh, become very strong in knowing who I am. And that gave me, um, it made me think that the confidence in what I do is the most important thing. Um, to believe in and trust my gut instinct. And not to go for what the worldly, like say the world web two tells you what success means. They define what success is and then give you the framework to go into that. If you don't have how many followers, if you don't have like this and that, then you're not successful. No, you don't like I get to define what success is for me, right? So I think that right now, like going through, let's just fast forward to these days. I think the whole Web 2 and Web 3 shift is a mentality shift. It's a value system shift 
as well. And uh, for me, it was kind of easy because I was kind of like living a Web3 kind of a mentality <laughs> when I was in Web2, but that wasn't very comfortable because I, I was still challenged. I was living a really good life as in, you know, I can survive on music independently uh, full time for many years. And thanks to my fans, supporters, um, that's like giving me this opportunity to make the music uh, and lift my freedom and do the music I want to make. But I still felt like I was unsuccessful by the measure of the old world. So coming over to NFT to answer your question, this shift like uh, for me is really easy because I was already here. If you see what I mean, like in actuality, how I communicate with people and what I want in life and what I want in music. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Very good explanation. Uh, there are a few people that uh, have questions. Um, we're going to just do a Q&A for about 15 minutes and then I'm going to open it up to the crowd. So if you guys could just bear with us. Um, so you're releasing a double album coming up um, called There's a Funeral in My Heart for Every Man I Loved. Uh, can you go a little bit in depth about what the inspiration behind this album was and the amount of time that it took you to actually have it to the actual perfect um, final product that you're deciding to release? Um, yeah, it took a very long time. As I always over, uh, no, I always underestimate everything that takes. Uh, I'm like overly optimistic on my timelines. So I always like uh, wanted to do something that's really ambitious and then thinking, oh, I can nail that in three months. And then three years later, I'm still not done. That's like a kind of keep happening, but it's really normal. Like in creativity, it's really normal. Uh, so how it came about, uh, it kind of like goes back to what I just said. Mm, because over the very many years, uh, when I first started to do music, even in the first year, I was very bold and I made production. But you're talking about somebody like a female producer who has just learned uh, production for three months and I was releasing music already. And then that's really a bold move. And I had like a, a lot of male producers around me telling me that I my my work sound like a demos. And so that really knocked my confidence. But, you know, it's already out. I didn't care anymore. Um, so during that time, I was getting some hype from uh, around and all these managers attracted to hear the noise and come to, to, to me. And they would say, you have a very special voice. You're great with like a songwriting. Why don't you write a hit song? I'll put you together with another producer. This is really common, right? For a female uh, singer-songwriter, this is really, it's like for you to actually get good with your production, it will take years. You will, it might take you 10 years to get to where you want to sound like. But if I put you together with another male producer who's already established or who's already experienced, then, you know, you can get that much faster. And if you write pop hit song kind of thing, uh, you might get there faster. That's a very kind of like an industry, music industry, old music industry thinking. Uh, right now, in the last few years, it's not like that. It's like uh, if you can be the best person you are and then you have a way to show that, 
then you can be as quirky as you want. Actually, be quirky because you're always going to get a cult following. And then you can, especially in Web3, you can really, really uh, capitalize on that, right? And make a great living. Uh, so back to how how that, uh, you know, about about that situation as a, as a, like a foundation. Um, a lot of managers wanted me to write uh, pop songs. So I got really depressed and I was really, you know, just uh, lost in a way uh, going down to a direction that's not quite working for me and I wasn't quite happy. So when I got out of the management and I recovered from the depression and the anxiety and the PTSD, I started to use this, uh, this album or something that I always wanted to do because I'm quite good with uh, writing uh, down-tempo music, a very melancholic music, which is all the best songs I have in this album. It's a 24-song album. It's half in Chinese and half in English. I wouldn't say they are all the music I, you know, the best, best songs. I chose these songs out of about um, 100, uh, around 100 demos. Um, so I was really ruthless when I selected uh, the, the, the songs uh, into this project. So I used this project to boost my own confidence because I needed this. I needed to know and to feel. So I just go the other extreme in terms of uh, me feeling something that I make, me as a listener that I don't make music because I think what the listener would feel. Do they like it? I, I make something because they the market wants it. With this album, it's more like me being the listener. Do I move me? Do I move my soul? So I, I get to like detach myself from the work. And then do I want to you know feel the ache in my chest when I listen to this song? So that was the criteria I wanted for this, for this double album. So yeah, so after I finished this, um, this album, I mean, the songs take a really long time. And to produce, it takes even longer. And then to recording, because um, the first round of production doesn't take us long. It's like to write a song, it can take a day. To produce... The basic production might take two, three days, but to finish a production, it might take a month on a song, sometimes even more. I would say weeks of that because vocal production can be very pristine. It can be really, really detailed, especially if you want to fuck with the, 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 you know, the big record labels, that, that kind of level. Right, I can never get my bedroom production, which is the ones that you're listening to. It's professional, it's very professional, but it's um, it's not as good as like the big recording studio uh, quality. So I have to do a lot of post work in uh, tweaking, in like producing the vocal. Sometimes like a song's vocal production can take um. Just little things here and there can take like a 30, 40, 50 hours, uh, even sometimes even more, especially at the, at the first, for the first few songs. And um, the actual, the music production side, if I don't mix, I think I mix the two of the songs and those things takes the longest time. It's a very, very craft, crafty uh, on the mixing. So post-production and mixing takes the most time. I do have a mixer and a master engineer, 
because I passed it, I passed it to him. But that process <laughs> it took a year and a half. I think almost two years because you know I'm very very picky. When I say I'm not like attention detail, that he's like you can listen to, you can hear the most most micro, uh, you know, movement like the littlest thing <laughs> there. Even my mixer can't hear something. I can hear it. Uh, so yeah, I'm very very anal when it comes to mixing. So that took a very long time again. And so, yeah, so, uh, and when everything was done in the English album until the last end of last year, and then suddenly I came up with the idea to do the Chinese album as well. So then I did the Chinese album from the end of last year to about June this year. And so I kind of like wrap everything up and off to the mixer and going back and forth. I mixed several songs on this album. And then... Um, and then I, uh, I was like getting ready on my marketing side because I've been in studio for so long. I was like really behind with my business. Uh, so I'm trying to get my web two business structure established or re-established, organize them to have the fan base, the private group, the mailing list, the CRM, right? The, the ads and the, uh, my my VIP club with the different layers, different stand, uh, you know, different uh, as in different levels of uh, tiers in my VIP subscriptions and everything tidy up. And then that's when I entered M- NFT. I was going to enter NFT next year. I mean, I first came to NFT in March because I trade. Uh, I I was in crypto since last year, so I always wanted to come into NFT, but it wasn't time because you know I need to get my shit together before I can devote in something that's another level. That's like the potential of something. So I need to have the confidence to say, yeah, I I get my life sorted. So then I can uh, I can. You know, I can come here and then combine things and bridge things and build community like that. Um, so, but I, I came in kind of like a, not really, not really intending to dive in straight away, but it kind of like a, a magnet and it just sucked me in and I can never get out. And I have no regrets because it's really fun and it's really great and the vibe. It's just like I was already really positive, but this just gave me so much love. And uh, so, yeah, here I am. I guess, you know, that was like a long way of saying, uh, say, saying things. But uh, yeah, but here I am. What does the crowdfunding campaign consist of that you're doing? And what are the benefits that people would get to crowdfund with you? Um, the crowdfunding campaign, uh, yeah, I haven't really talked about that. I guess, you know, giving the story uh, probably helps, you know, the next step. Uh, so, yeah, so the crowdfunding itself uh, was I didn't want to release the album through uh, a label because uh, I just feel more hands-on, more emotional and more involved and more in control. And I wanted to release my double album with my supporters and uh, directly. So there's no middleman. And I'm kind of like trying to involve everybody in different bundles. And then they can all get involved and uh, to a point uh, where they are literally become a part of this. And then by that, I mean, say I have like five basic bundles, like five main bundles because I have a lot of perks. So I put them together. 
uh, into different bundles, different levels. So that's maybe suitable for certain, you know, people stars, uh, you know, financial where, where they can afford. Um, so for whoever that pledge to the campaign, they can submit their photos and then that photo becomes a part of the mosaic, which is the album title in Chinese. It's called the Xinzang. There's a funeral in my heart for every man I love. Like that Chinese title is Xinzang, two words. And then that is a mosaic artwork. And I think, you know, uh, that's in my profile pic. You can see that. If you make it that really, really big, that's actually a little mosaic upload signs. So, so we use people's photo to construct that um, artwork and once we have the artwork that can go on to um, the um, the vinyl the double vinyl deluxe like assigned and numbered and named as well and also cd and t-shirt and posters and everything you can think of uh, in terms of uh, uh, merch so then people you know by supporting this during this time before the campaign closes in two weeks time that's only is an exclusive window to enjoy the music obviously people pledge and then they get to hear the two they get to have the two um double album the double album in you know in the highest quality formats uh, whereas it's not released outside. I mean, there is public release for the English uh, album next month, but it's not for both albums. So people have the privilege of listening, having these things, and also order um, the, the double CD and then double um, uh, double vinyl. And then to make it super, super special, that I number from 1 to 100 uh, on the CD and then double vinyl, to make uh, people understand like uh, this, you are the first person or you are the 36th person that supported this campaign. And then your photo is a part of the artwork. Your name is on, on, on the, you know, on the vinyl record, if you choose that tier. So all those things are designed for people to get directly involved into 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 the whole thing and how do i combine this uh with uh, the nft is that i can um, uh, i draw the nft community uh, to this campaign by paying fiat to support the campaign while i give them um, different rarities of nft so these nft are in a secret location where once they pledge the campaign and uh, I will give them uh, either one out of one or one out of 10, one out of 20, one out of 30. And then these is, uh, these um, NFTs aren't like available elsewhere. These are like kind of like the privilege of what you can have right now. And when it's gone, it's basically gone. Maybe one day I'll open it up to the public but at that time, people already claimed the sum of that or all of them. Who knows? So that's kind of like the way to draw the NFT community to this campaign and also onboard my Web2 fans to NFT because it's free. You know, you can claim it. You might have to go through a little bit hurdle to read some instructions, get a MetaMask wallet, but it's free, you know. Like you can wait for the gas fee. Some are free mint, some are completely free depending on the level. 
But then if you don't know how to do it, I can onboard you. I can help you to go through that. But essentially, if you don't claim it, somebody else will. So this gives them the incentive to do that. And also I talk to them so much about the idea of NFT and why this is good and why this is very special to hold my NFT. And also holding my NFT as their first NFT is very has a, a, a great like a sentimental value uh, as well. And obviously it will appreciate too. So I hope that uh, explains the campaign. Yeah, sure does. Uh, do, you have a, do you have a large fan base also in China? Because your, your music is uh, both English and Chinese. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, but um, because of the Great Firewall of China, um, is your financial system is not linked. Your crypto is definitely not linked because they are, it is not allowed over there. Social media is not linked. Everything is separated. Uh, even that I can't really go to China right now because I don't have Chinese passport. Um, I have British passport, so. People like my music in a way that because it's kind of hidden, because it's kind of cultish, uh, and then they kind of like found the music. It's like a cool thing, I guess. And then there are a lot of people, so definitely I have like a much, much more audiences there. But I'm just not connected to them. So to me, that is like almost like it doesn't exist. But yeah, they do. <laughs> it's just like I really count people who I interact with on a daily basis like I can see you I know your last name that to me is important and the people who are listening to me but they're not like actively interactive or uh, or buying anything it's kind of like oh that's really nice I appreciate the support but you're kind of like it's a passive way of consuming music Whereas in my life, my fan base is more like an active experience of music. So is an endgame goal of yourself to try to get off of these platforms, Spotify, and just go straight to NFT sales? Um, I think your, your connection is a little bit, um, um, it's, it's not very clear from what I heard. I, I think you said the end game of NFT if I want to completely transition to NFT. Can you hear me better? Is this okay? Yay. Yay, yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, the, the question was, is the end goal for you as far as a musician to go strictly NFT and get off platforms like Spotify and stuff like that that take percentages from the artist? Uh, not, not really. Um, I I see those tools are advertising tools and uh, promotional tools, and uh, you know you gain exposure. It's almost like um, you know if a magazine, if a popular magazine or a playlist, say uh, radio, say, can I play your music? And uh, I'd be like, you know, you have to pay me how much? Then I give you your music, my music. It's not really like that. So I'm happy for more people to uh, get introduced to my music. I don't have um yes they pay very little but we can always find a way around it as in you know we have like all these possibilities and uh, uh and the uh, web3 like uh, all these tools are uh, extra extra tools and a medium for us to uh, do things and use our uh, creativity as artistic creativity you can channel that into using different creative ways 
in、uh, marketing yourself and getting yourself heard, and they just have a lot of more control, a lot of autonomy、uh, in in doing all these things. So yeah, I have nothing against the Web two, and also I can't leave my people behind. You know, most of my people are in Web two, and then they are not. Prepared to come in here, and I'm not gonna say because there's more money over here. Then I just don't do things outside. And money is not everything, right? Like, as we make music, we want people to appreciate the music, even if it's for free. But first, we need to make a living before we can make history. So、uh, we have to, you know, like、uh, with this NFT, it's really, really great. But not to forget to, you know, serve the world with my art. Uh, either people pay or not, you know. The 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 essence is to touch people's souls by the music, and the money is something that we, you know, that can't happen somewhere in between. Is <laughs> you know what I mean? Because my mission is to um is to bring my cultural heritage into the world's like the the you know onto the world stage of uh you know I when I say album pop, it's like、uh, with the Chinese heritage, like a real Chinese heritage, rather than someone look Chinese like me, but completely doing hip hop, completely doing R and B. That doesn't have the kind of cultural significance that I want. And for me to do that kind of impact, I need people to hear it first. So yeah, I'm very excited about NFT or the possibilities that come with it, and I want to do really, I want to do big things here. But it doesn't mean that you know I want to ditch or whatever you know outside. It does shift my mentality that I don't want to be you know. It's not a vanity thing. It's not a vanity. Like I want to be the biggest like stadium stage. I want like millions and millions of fans to approve to prove my <laughs> existence or validate my importance. Right? That's not what I'm after. I'm after to make my、uh, heritage to combine that into a new kind of music. What I'm doing and to introduce my culture into、um, into the world and change people's perspective. Towards Chinese artists, that we can be world class, we can be on the A list as well, right?、Uh, so that is more like a bigger mission to to you know to bridge the two culture together on the artistic side of things and whatever two web web two three four five I don't care. So that's like on a bigger scale what I'm after. Who are some of your biggest influences as far as musicians and songwriters? Um, musicians. I mean, going from China, I would say because I spent most of uh, like uh, at least like the first sixteen、uh, years in China, so I definitely would credit、uh, a lot of Chinese artists.、Uh, the first person who got me singing, I would say, was Teresa Tang, and then later on, I was very inspired by Beijing rock. You know, like a Beijing oriented like a rock. So they have a lot of like soft kind of rock. Um, and there's some psychedelic rock, but mixed with Chinese,、uh, a lot of Chinese Beijing like a local culture, and then that inspired me a lot. We have like someone called Zhang Chu, we have like Tang Chao, we have Dou Wei,、uh, all these people, 
And then there was a quite a bit of Chinese pop. And then since there, I think when I was in China, I was really fascinated about the British uh, pop and also Brit rock as well. So from then onwards, I was listening to trip hop and I was very into, say, um, even like a Sinead Corner, I was say, when I was in China. And you have like a radio head and then that time like a massive attack and tricky and uh, Martina Topoli birds. And then later on when I came to the UK, I was really into Cocteau Twins. Uh, Pink Floyd, I think I was a kid, I was already really into. Uh, so yeah, so my combination of things, uh, definitely a lot of some of the Chinese pop, but a little bit obscure, I guess, like with a little bit like a rock and uh psychedelic i would say psychedelic rock and then later on like these days i like i like james blake i like d'angelo i like uh there's a lot of things i like actually <laughs> like uh really really recent mm. There's something I like, Little Dragon. But you, do you know what I mean? Like when at this stage, it's really hard to say these people influence me. I can just say these people I really like. What influence you? Usually that goes really back to the teenage years. And then later on, you just kind of like a reference rather than, rather than trying to be something, if you see what yeah. I mean. It's more like the journey goes within. It's like, oh, I want to see what's inside me that wants to come out. Yeah, I'm, I'm also a musician, and uh, I write stuff that's more along the lines of, like, film score and um, stuff that's kind of, like, soundtrack-based. But really, my influences come back to, like, hardcore punk from, like, what you were saying from my teenage years, like, listening to a lot of bands from the 80s and 90s, like, punk influence wave. It's really... I would say is my biggest influence getting me into music, but just because it got me into music doesn't necessarily mean it's the type of music that I create. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's always like the roots there. And especially how you can always hear the influence as in, if I, uh, if I, if I sing, there's always a little bit of a old jazz. There's always a little bit of, um, of a Chinese folk, that I didn't mention because my family uh, come from the, you know, the, 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 um, the revolutionary songs from the Chinese war and wartime. And then, you know, you worship uh, Chairman Mao, praise Chairman Mao, that kind of songs. And because I grew up in that environment where parents are singing those songs. So those melodies really in my blood. Uh, so that would come out later on in the, in the, you know, later on I was doing dubstep. I started off doing dubstep because that's where I started and with a little bit trip hop influence. And then the Chinese melody will come out, like those Chinese folk melody will come out. So, yeah. So I think what you are from what you were uh, earlier in life, that's uh, very yeah, very very key influences. Yeah, UK trip hop and UK drum and bass like Ronnie Size and Goldie and all that stuff. Uh, stuff I've listened to for a long time as well. Um, what made you decide that when you were releasing uh, your double album, "There's a Funeral in My Heart for Every Man I Loved"? What made you decide to not only release it on vinyl but release it on CD? 
Um, CD is just much more, much easier way to transport. There are a lot of uh, vinyl collectors, but there are also a lot of CD collectors. There are still a lot of people who uh, think about this, right? People who appreciate music and see the value in music and still, and then they, a lot of times they grew up in the 90s or 80s. Still, they are, uh, you know, like I'm saying, my fan base, my supporters, a lot of them have a collection of CDs and uh, and vinyls. Not everybody can put, you know, you can't put your vinyl in your car. A lot of people drive car with the CDs. And a CD is a kind of a hipster way of collecting things, especially uh, tape. You know, it's just like this time I didn't make tape, but tape is really popular over here in uh, in London. For the hipster kids, uh, younger young younger crowd, and they love tapes because probably you know they were when they were born there wasn't tape anymore. So right now they like cassette tape. They really like it as well. So these things are collection items. I don't see this as like uh, that's how you consume music. Mm-hmm. But having like a CD and then it's signed is something you can hold in your hand. It's just it's nice and it's uh, uh, nostalgic, you know. Has uh, Twitter Spaces been the the best tool for you to get your music out to a larger audience? Um, Twitter Spaces are fairly new to me. I just came here to learn. I used to call it NFT radio. I just listen to what people talk about. And uh, I often at the beginning got invited on to talk. And once I started talking, and I just never shut up. So that here I am <laughs> talking again. Uh, so that's how I got here. I can't say this is how I trans. Uh, what's that? Like a broadcast my music at all? Like this is really really new. Um, my music. I've been like doing my music for much longer time like with the twitter space is only the last two months or three and i would say i can't say i have gained a lot of audience in terms of listening to my music maybe you know 20 30 100 people maybe more people have heard my music and then but in this nft community we're not here just to you know uh, gain fans i want people to listen to my music it's more like um, you're making friends here. You're networking with people. You're making, you're collaborating with people because we're all artists here, and um, this is a great way of building a Web three community for sure, for sure. Um, but in terms of music, I really haven't really thought about that. Am I here to build my music crowd? I would say, yeah, that's like you know something, something as a, a bonus. But that wasn't like the intention. Now, going back to your album, it's half Chinese and half English. Now, when it comes to the writing style of your songs, um, two drastically different languages. So when you're when you're sitting down and you listen to a song straight through, whatever the the arrangement might be, to put the words to it. Do you decide prior to or after listening to it that this song's going to be sung in Chinese or this song's going to be sung in English? Is because there's a certain cadence that you have to use 
for each different language in order to produce a song. So is this something that you plan out ahead of time or is it just something that kind of pops up and you're like, all right, this one's going to be in Chinese or all right, this one's going to be in English? Um, historically, uh, when I have uh, a music, a piece of music, I instinctively know which one is better if it's uh, for Chinese, if this song is better for Chinese or for English. But with this album, it's a very strange one because I didn't really, because the English album came first and I didn't expect that this would turn into a Chinese album as well. But it just works really perfectly and it's got its own beauty in Chinese um, just as English and then because like I use uh, most of them having the same music but then I have to rewrite in Chinese rather than translate translate is very different from like rewriting because you have to go into the heart and the, 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 the heart as in the core intention and the feeling of the song what you're trying to express with this song right like I need to feel that and rewrite that in, uh, in English uh, in Chinese uh, otherwise, otherwise, it, you know, the the whole translation thing usually doesn't work. I can see it would just be awkward. So, I'm uh, I'm close to forty, and when we used to write songs, my old metal band, it all used to be um, CD copies, and um, and pretty much you would have to go word of mouth and pass it out to record labels and send your demos out here if you want to play a show and how much easier has it got in the digital age in order to book concerts that you're going to do in other countries and locally versus um you know kind of just spreading things word of mouth and trying to get your your voice out there and for me it's totally digital like the whole um Everything, I'm a computer producer, and everything that I came to know is digital. So I never really understood. Uh, I mean, I understood, I can see how, say, you are from the States, and if you are in a punk rock band, then you go into a little, like, um, like some truck or something, <laughs> like a van, and then you tour, and then you sell merch. And then I think that's really cool, like Amanda Palmer. I think she did that after she quit a major label. And then that's how she got really big. Um, but in the UK, it doesn't really work like that. And uh, the London scene changes really fast. And the people shift really fast as well. So I never really have a local scene. So for me, everything I know is uh, online. Um, I hope... Is that... Um, did I answer your question? Or is that like a second part of no, the question? No, I, I guess that pretty much takes care of it because you know i'm kind of like an old fart when it comes to uh <laughs> getting my songs out i wasn't really into the, the whole digital revolution i guess i kind of stopped towards uh the myspace time really like touring out and uh playing a lot of shows but i was just curious how it is now for artists as far as going from <laughs> Now, now i want to interview you back like what made you to you know, to to go up until my space time, and then now you pop up in the in the whole NFT thing. That's a big jump. <laughs> it's like Web One to Web Three. <laughs> you skipped Web the, Two. The biggest problem when I was doing it, it was a lot harder to make money if you didn't have major support from a record label at that time. It was very difficult to make money, and 
a lot of people, if you don't get a, a big push to start, you really just have to go get a full-time job. And it sucks because a lot of artists that were really great artists when I was growing up didn't ever get to live their dream because they didn't have platforms like Bandcamp, Spotify, and you know all these other places where they could get their music out, SoundCloud. So I was born at the wrong time, unfortunately. And then, you know, after I really started working and uh, stuff, I kind of didn't practice as much as I would like. That is really a good point because I work with uh, how I got to music actually was because of a tricky and uh, because he really pushed me to I somehow like I met him uh, where I uh, where I ended up like in the nightclub working there um, because of a credit crunch, you know, like the whole economic crisis. So so I was like uh, just kind of undercover doing <laughs> trying to make ends meet, trying to stay in the in, in the UK, not getting kicked out, uh, trying to get my visa and stuff and working in a nightclub. Um, and uh, I was at the time, I think I was a cashier, uh, like on the front, like a front cashier, that kind of thing. And I run like I saw him and he was my childhood uh, hero. So I said, oh, that's you. Da, 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 da. And so so we talked. And uh, about one year later, he found me on MySpace, again, MySpace. And then he heard my demos and then he kind of like uh, pushed me to make music seriously because he made me kind of like uh, he he was the first person who really 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 told me that I have something special now I needed to do that the reason I talk about him is because I work with quite a few artists that come from the 90s uh, or even earlier um, so I can really see the history of like yes there wasn't so much competition but these people who we still know they were lucky Right, because in Bristol you have like Portishead, you have Massive Attack, you have uh, you have Tricky, you have Snicker, Pimps, or whatever. All the other people didn't get to. They went and they have a full time job elsewhere. They just never pop, you know. So, whereas I encounter in like the the decades, two decades after their rise, uh, I. Uh, we encounter different kind of problems. There was like too much competition. Just to give you a, an idea. When I first uh, making music online, I was getting like the royalties was kind of good. I'm talking about like I'm getting maybe a thousand, two thousand, uh, you know, in like a half a year or something. That's really good, and I'm getting less and less and less. But that is like showing you, that, you know, people were still buying things, and that wasn't really streaming. People are still buying on iTunes and Bandcamp and things like that. But later on, it gets worse and worse and worse. The noise gets bigger and bigger. So the saturation. It's just getting so much, so, so much saturated as we uh, went on in the late um, 2000, I'll say 2010 to 2020. Um, it's just like a more noise and more noise because everybody is making music. Everybody is making music. If you're full-time or whatever. So you're um, kind of like, uh, it, we're, we're living in a pay to play uh, era i'm talking about web three uh, web two right now uh pay to play so you can't actually increase like you can be really good and another person can be maybe av average and another person can be not so good but your um exposure is almost the same and it's almost limited to how many facebook friends you have <laughs> because if you don't pay 
you don't get exposure. Even these people follow you. They can't even see your post if you don't pay the Facebook advertising. And it just gets really draining. And if you don't pay and the people on um, Spotify can't see you, then we go into the same situation. So back in the days, you were saying, yes, they kind of like, if you don't get picked up by the, by the, lab- by the major label, you kind of like don't get a chance. And uh, right now, I would say most of the artists, we're talking about millions and millions of online artists are not making a living. They are making music. But they are not making a living. And it's the same situation. You're kind of like, I need to go viral. But how many people go viral? If you go viral, get picked up by a major, and the major will give you the deal. And if they don't screw you somehow, <laughs> and if you manage to survive that, then you become a superstar, then really good for you. But what about the other people? The 99.9% of people, right? So it kind of like goes into a same dilemma. It's just a different, uh, different scenario. And uh, so, and now we're in web, uh, web three and then you have more possibilities to do something, have a small amount of collectors and then you can, you can earn from, uh, if you have a great relationship with them and then you can find people that 10 people, five people, two people that appreciate truly of your value. And if you're a good person, like if you have a great relationship and somehow you can, you know, you, you, you can do much better than compared to web two, I would say. No. Can you explain to me how it really works as far as releasing an NFT album um, where on your album, uh, there's a funeral in my heart for every man I loved. Do you guys push a single like because when we would release albums, there would always be that one song that we tried to get radio play with or something like that. Do you go about the same route when you're making an NFT album? Is there like one particular song that you really try to give a push to as opposed to the rest of the album or do you treat each song the same way? Um, I would say like you have interviewed uh, other people, right? Like who are releasing uh, NFT album. I, I, I would say everyone has their different strategy. There's so much creativity, like, uh, you know, like Emily, like a domino, like a spotty, they're all doing it differently. Uh, some people, they are using one single at a time because you have a really different uh, way of uh, doing NFT or are you doing like a thousand pieces or 5,000, 7,000 pieces, 7,000 albums or are you doing like Spotty, like a one song at a time? And uh, and then when you collect five tokens, you can get a vinyl or something like that, right? You you are free to do whatever you want. With my album, right now we're talking about so far. That is um, uh, just a traditional way of releasing album. When I say traditional, it's not that traditional. It's uh, it, With the crowdfunding, it's more like a pre-release to the people who pledge. So you get the privilege of like having this album. But when it comes to my actual release uh, in the outside world. I'm not saying that I don't have a strategy for the web, uh, web uh, for the for the NFT uh, campaign going forward. I will because like I'm not just done just yet. You know I'm not done because it's a big album. I will take a little while to release. So right now I'm doing my Web two campaign, and uh, later on, like in a few months' time, I'm planning to do a Web three campaign. And I can't really disclose like the strategy just yet uh, because we haven't really. You know I'm just building a team, and I can't really. Uh, we haven't confirmed the ideas, so it's not a good time to talk about it. 
but we can, you know, leave the conversation for another time. But for now, I can say with my traditional release strategy, I have a good PR team working with me for a year now. And uh, for my current album, on the English side of the album, I've released five singles. I think this is the sixth single, which is the final single that comes out with, uh, uh, with the album. And the reason to release so many singles, a lot of people, they release like 10 singles, is because of playlisting. It's because of a Spotify. Spotify can't pitch an album. They can only pitch like a one song at a time. So some people want to get maximum exposure and a short attention span. So people only listen to uh, one song. And uh, they only listen to like um, uh, one song and they want to put your one song into a different playlist and things like that. So for that situation um these days we encounter and also tiktok and all that like short attention span releasing album is almost like a big artist game because if you are beyonce if you are drake then people will listen to your whole um whole album and then for smaller artists who don't have the fame and establishment they would be better off uh, releasing singles but that's like kind of the recent years uh, how 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 this is going um, by me releasing uh, two out like a double album is kind of a going against the grain it's kind of like a being uh, just it's not doing me a lot of service because you I'm not like a maximizing my exposure by doing that it's more like people or more almost say almost like to say this is the old school way of doing album <laughs> you know because I but I just really wanted to do that and then I can move on and then do something quite different from this last album you know being a creator you just want to do different projects so yeah I, I wanted to get that one out and I don't really care you know how many people get to hear it uh, but eventually, I have a feeling like this tour, this double album would be something people refer to and then like a comeback and then like a treasure that you discover. So, like, oh, my God, you know. So, yeah. Well, personally speaking, I can tell you that you don't see artists releasing double albums anymore. So I think that you, you no, have no, kind no. of like a collector, a collector's value to it where it would really make somebody want to grab it, not just for the music, but for the collector's purpose. And also with the fact that you're uh, including your fans in the mosaic that you're putting on the album, which I think is really super cool. It's, it shows the appreciation towards the people that are appreciating what you do. And I think that's a very big value that you're bringing into this project. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's just really super kick-ass. Oh, thank, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, just to follow on that, um, actually, I haven't really mentioned the success of this campaign. Uh, it's not done yet, right? Yeah, we, we still have two weeks to go, but we already like reached the goal uh, three days ago. So, yeah, three days ago. We in that morning. Um, so basically, last week we sold. Uh, I sold uh, two top of a million uh, bundles. That the two bundles. And I is worth mentioning, like explaining what's inside the bundle, because each of them is like a ten thousand uh, dollars. So then adding together, that just like push the whole campaign to one hundred eleven percent. And at the at the right now we're speaking, I haven't checked the internet. I think it's a hundred, you know, in total, because I'm doing at two platforms. The reason that is that 
one platform uh, on Indiegogo, I can only people can only pay by credit cards and debit cards, and uh, they don't allow you to use NFT as incentives because it's kind of against their rules. So I have the whole campaign on my website as well. So and then for people to pay PayPal. And also, if you have like an interest in NFT, you can see what my offer is there. So two websites together. And uh, at the moment, we are, I think, 140 uh, something. So that's like, uh, so I, I just want to credit the great, uh, like this success to the top bundle. And what is inside the bundle is a lot of value that I provide. And when it comes to like involvement, like this is the epiphany of involvement. So you have everything, like the top bundle has everything behind it. And we only have like one bundle left on this one. And uh, in there, I think the biggest thing people are going for is the stance. It's the stems of all these 24 songs and the commercial license that comes with it. The commercial license that you can use my stems to remix and make money and then go and then use use it to sync or license or doing whatever you want to do so people say coming from the like say film background or sync licensing background they'll be like that is absolutely you know that's an absolute a steal because because um just imagine in sync like an advert how much do you pay to get uh, to get to get a song to get some placed in a, in the advert, probably you get like a twenty grand or like even like a fifty grand to to some like one song, and I'm offering this much, um, to for for, you know, just like you can you can use my music, you can use the commercial license, um, to and and also I I NFT that as well, so it's a one out of three NFT. So then you can use it and then you can sell it as well and then you can make more money. And also this package also comes with a one out of one NFT song. So you don't have to write a song with me. As long as you hold that token, imagine like next year if I'm like three times bigger or five times bigger, like I've seen exposure or, you know, level of whatever achievement or whatever, then my floor price will, will go up and then, you know, this token you, this token can go so much so much higher right so so that it just provides another layer of value for people to like you can flip if you want but then you can appreciate me if you want it's just that i'm trying to create so so many values so with this one you're actually getting four nfts from this one bundle so on the surface you're like oh seven thousand pounds uh which is like ten thousand dollars that's like a lot. But when you really look at what's inside, that's like 10 times of its value. That's why like it's, a, it's kind of like a, for people who understand it, understand what I'm offering, that, they'll be like, yeah. yeah that, that also shows value not only to collectors, but to producers, because then they have the rights to your songs and then they can do remixes, like you're saying. So it's really, it funnels into a lot of different fields and avenues where other people could benefit off it. Just not people looking to flip albums, just not people looking to wait till your floor price goes up. You actually show value to people in the music industry that maybe they're not necessarily associated with the type of music you make, but they like a beat and they want to mix it into a hip hop album that they have. So I think it's a brilliant idea, especially including the stems and stuff like that. I've seen a couple other projects do it and it's worked fantastic. Um, 
If anybody here has any questions, we're getting towards the top of the hour. Feel free to give a shout out, jump up in the speaker box, and uh, we've already been going an hour. It's going really quick. So if anybody has anything to say, feel free to shout it out if you're in the speaker box. If you're down bottom, raise your hand. I'll bring you up here. I just want to give a shout out to Mr. Phil Newton because like he's a great supporter in this campaign, and also Will and also Patrick. You know, they all come from Team Fifinity, which is my, you know, my fan community. Especially Phil, because like this is really late. Like, don't you need to work tomorrow? <laughs> it's one o'clock. So yeah, so thank you for being here. Aiden, do you have a question? Yeah. Um. So. I heard you earlier say that you started off in like the EDM dubstep community. Um, I was just wondering what similarities you're finding with the NFT community and that community. Oh, that's a great question. I can't, um, I can actually tell you like, this is really interesting, right? Cause I, it, the, the UK, um, London underground scene, they all have like their kind of culture. I can't say that I was a part, I was like a, you know, rolling with the cool guys, with the boys, you know, I wasn't like that. Um, I was actually doing a PhD in a dubstep culture. Uh, and uh, and I dropped out afterwards because I got bored of dubstep music. But I was really into dubstep music. I was researching. So I was contacting a lot of these producers. And then we, we became friends as well, like uh, th those people, um, like some, some legends at the very, very beginning, like uh, they started to teach me how to produce and all that. That was really good. But in terms of a community, I would have to say is much more, exclusive like as in like the door is not wide open at all um it's quite i would say it's good if you're inside it uh i never felt that i was inside it <laughs> because i don't i didn't feel like the door was open for me was available and from my observation over the years is that like a culture like that can be limiting at the same time because you know when it's almost like promotion is not cool uh, like a certain way of promoting is probably not so cool and i'm talking about not dubstep community i'm talking about little different uh, different parts of uh plots of uh, uh of different kind of little genres and things like that and um limiting as in for, for earlier my music when for mainstream, I was too obscure, too left field. And for the underground label, that was really cool. Like doing, you know, burial kind of type of stuff, like hyperdub. I was too mainstream for them. Like I wasn't cool enough because my songwriting is album pop. It's like you have a pop element in there. So somehow I just never felt that I fit in. I never really... Until now, I think I create my own community. I don't really care because everybody is weird, you know, musically here. It doesn't really matter. Uh, the weirder, the better. But um, but I would say back then, I couldn't find I, where I, I, I could fit in. Like people did like my music, but it just nobody knew what to do with my music. Even the managers that were working with me say that, Fifi, you are a hard sell. <laughs> they always say that. And 
And that's kind of like a how how it is. Um, so if you ask me, did I ever have a community? No, not really. <laughs> Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. <laughs> Uh, so it, it's a kind of culture I can't really explain to you. I can just tell you what it looks like or what it looks like on the outside. I probably know one person from a community here and there. And I just felt, oh, that is not a kind of like a welcoming thing like today's uh, crypto or NFT. It's just like, oh, but I'm new here. And... Uh, uh, you know, if you are new and second day you are a part of the family, maybe three days. Maybe you need like two, three days, depending on your character. So the door is wide open over here and it's a global community. It's very beautiful. How are you doing, Agni? Awesome. Agni? Hi there. Hi. Um, can I be heard all right? I'm on a, on public transport on my way on yeah. my way from London, Fifi. Yeah. I'm just coming in and hearing you talk and Aiden, oh. amazing question that got Fifi to talk about belonging and community. Oh my God, resonate with so much that you've shared. And I'm coming in really just to congratulate you. You speak beautifully about your project, uh, very eloquently. I, I'm really happy that it's going well for you and I wish you all the success. Just a quick one from me. Uh, really great to be here and, and hear you uh, on your journey. And I'm sure it's, you're going to be a massive success. So best wishes for you. Uh, thank you so much. I hope you come to our uh, female uh, women, women in music NFT tomorrow. Um, yeah, oh, what time? yeah. You've probably advertised. Yes, love seven. To. Yeah, it's seven, seven p.m. Oh, uh, that's my time, UK time. Right, I'm holding space at six, but I'll come after uh, because you probably run for a long yeah, time, awesome. right? <laughs> Brilliant. Thank uh, you. About two hours, I think. Okay, so hopefully I can uh, just jump in for the, yeah. for the last bit. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, before we wrap up, does anyone else have anything that they want to ask Fifi? I just want to say, you know, you didn't you might not have had the community back then, but, you know, you got the community now. And with NFTs and crypto, I think, you know, everybody who felt out of place back then is going to feel in place here. Yeah, that's really thank you so much. Yeah, uh, that's that's very true. Very true. It's like we are the others, <laughs> but it's not. It's not even that like a niche at all. Uh, it doesn't feel like underground. It just feels how we organize in this community is by vibe, is by energy frequency. I would say like your emotional frequency, like for people who are appreciative and who are grateful, who are, you know, who are just like a, you might not even need to be a community oriented, but you get infected, like it's infectious, it's, it's like if you um, are, uh, how do I say, like you either get attracted to it or you get excluded <laughs> if you don't vibe with it. So that's kind of like the energy signature, whereas there are quite a few London-based uh, uh, community, uh, like music community, they have a certain different frequency because I'm quite sensitive to that. And I feel like, okay, that's not my culture. 
you can really feel like that. I'm not saying dissing anything. It just, uh, I, it, it just felt like that. I, uh, I, I can only say that. And uh, luckily, this year, um, prior to this, I was in the artist community. That's where, like, it really changed my life. Um, because when, because it just take a few people to change your your frequency. Uh, like, like. I was in the old way that I felt insecure. I felt like uh, quite standoffish, and um, uh, I didn't want to share with a lot of things until I met like this community of artists. I was in a course, a part of the course that everybody was really celebrating each other's success, like uh, genuinely, not just like being fake. And then that's starting to change me. And it just takes one person being super generous. And super, super happy for your success. It just takes that, and then that becomes infectious and becomes a ripple effect. And I was already in that mentality, and then I take that mentality coming here, and I realize people here are really like that, and we are not afraid to share our success. Everybody celebrate other people's success, and then that's really, really, really important. That's the key culture over here in the as the core. Of I can't say NFT culture, but I know NFT music community culture is a very small group here uh, over the last few months. So yeah, I, I just want to yeah, I definitely that. see that the NFT music culture is starting to rise up little bit by little bit each day, and uh, the artist community, as far as like fine arts, digital art, and stuff like that. It's well established right now, but the music community is up and coming and everybody's super supportive of each other in both communities, both the arts and the music. And you don't see that in many places. And I can't stress enough, like how great everybody treats each other. And, you know, if you're looking to learn, people are always there to try to help you. If you're just want to talk about something, people are always there to listen. And I think that's special. I think it's a really good turn that these communities are taking and it's nice to see that people don't shit on each other as much as they do in other fields out there and uh yeah it's so true like you know like uh, it, let's just say like on ig right like, on instagram because of the course that i was studying like you know you want to be personable and uh, when you make a follower you want to like a send uh, send send a voice message for fans that's really really great but for artists it's not a culture just yet. So, because it's such like a big world. So if I go to an artist and say, hey, I really love your voice, they get scared. <laughs> they're like, what do you want? <laughs> and they're like, thanks. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. That's it. It's like, it's hard to make friends out there. But over here, it's like when say, hey, I like you. So yeah, I like you too. Let's be friends, man. You know, it, that's easy over here. And can I just make a remark? I think um, this culture actually comes from the intrinsic property of what NFT is because it's a win-win thing. Because it's so easy to collaborate and it's so easy to, to create value. Like we can create value for our collectors and supporters so easily. So getting you to invest in me, it could be the friendship, it could be the value. It's like, it really is a win-win. And that comes from the NFT itself. That, you know, that's like a spark off um, the uh, the 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 positive the positive energy because me and you uh, we're talking here I like you you like me okay we can make an NFT we can both benefit and create value for each other and each other's community and when you can do that 
then that becomes a general culture, right? Whereas, because um, it is a what's that? It's a positive sum game over here. Whereas, like in uh, Web two, it's a zero sum game. So it feels like if you win, I'm gonna lose. I it's like a scarcity uh, scarcity mindset. So of course everyone is keeping it to themselves. So then you don't win. If you win, you take my food. Then I don't get to eat. That's kind of like the mentality out there. Because because uh, uh, you know, like uh, sharing. Um, how do I say? Because because the economic structure is not uh, inducive for for everybody to win. Uh, so people have to be like rushing there. <laughs> resources it almost feels like that and then that creates a vicious uh vicious cycle so i i really see it's the technology in itself that really builds this culture as the, well, the cool thing is too like you're building a team right you're not necessarily just building a fan base you're building a team especially with what you're doing with the stems you're building people that could be artists with you without directly working with you so that's something that's super cool. Like this is a person that not only likes your music, but now they could use your music and you're cool with it because you're both mutually benefiting from it. You're not going to get Yeah, 100%. For example, like, you know, Dale is a supporter of me and I'm a supporter of his, uh, his, his career and his card. And because I'm an investor now, like I'm a fan, I'm an investor. And also I'm a promoter. If if I can shout about him and he's a cause like a rising value, then I earn <laughs> because I hold his cause and it's the same thing. And that's what the beauty is. I'm trying to tell my fan base in Web2, like how it works over here is because, yes, you remix my stuff and then you try to you know shout about me. And when my value goes up, everybody holds my token your value goes up as well like you gain more especially like you say um the 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 producers who remix my stuff it's like you're going there like yes you are getting a lot of value from me but i'm getting value from you as well so we all grow together and build together yeah it's totally kick-ass what everybody's doing in this space whether it's art whether it's music pretty soon it's going to be crazy stuff like real estate and government bonds and who the hell knows what else we're going to have in this nft space <laughs> they they are doing it yeah definitely they are doing it. i heard the people already doing like real estate NFT. yeah yeah real estate yeah it's already a thing all right so um i gotta hit the road uh pretty soon so if anybody has a shout out that they want to give or uh, a question that they have for fifi feel free to ask if not i guess we're gonna get ready to wrap it up Fifi, you have anything else you'd like to say before uh, we wrap things up? Um, yeah, thank you guys for, especially for the UK ones, the Euro Europe ones, staying up late with us. Thank you so much. And yeah, let's connect, let's talk. And hopefully, hopefully it's been valuable. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, with my campaign, there's two weeks left. Uh, so yeah, there's still a chance to get the rest, not too many left uh, for the one-off uh, vinyl uh, signed and numbered from one to a hundred. I think there's probably like twenty or something left, and um, and a CD as well. So that's kind of like exclusive window. And after that, like it won't be. I think it will be available at some point, but it won't be like numbered. 
So yeah, so those things are more valuable as from a collector point of view. Uh, so yeah, hope, hopefully you support. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you so much, guys, for having me today. I really appreciate you for giving me the chance to talk about my story because usually, you know, you're not supposed to show so much for for an entire space. <laughs> Especially, I'm a you know, being the on the service side, being the co-host. I always tell people I'm a professional. I found my second calling as the professional co-host um, in this space, and I do like uh, about ten a week. And then now I'm just going to do my daily onboarding show from uh, Wednesday onwards. And um, oh yeah, I haven't really pinned it here. So from this Wednesday, I'm starting to do uh, two p.m. Uh, 2 p.m. UK time, which is 9 a.m. Eastern, uh, doing an onboarding show for music NFT beginners. So then we can get like uh, the new people to start talking and uh, starting interacting with us because that's really important. Not just like the, you know, the same five people talking all the time and other people are just like, you know, stuck there listening. So we want to have people more interactive and more, you know, being able to talk about their projects and starting to make friends in the space. And then that's the true kind of like, uh, you know, how, how you get into the community. Don't even release. Think about releasing things and dropping things before you actually uh, uh, you know become a part of this culture so i'm there to do that uh, starting from this wednesday and i'm um, doing monday to saturday going forward so that's like a daily thing so and after that i'm probably doing like 20 spaces a week <laughs> i don't know when i'll burn out if one day i suddenly feel wrong suddenly disappears you know why i disappear <laughs> i probably just burn out and go into a psychosis or something, but I hope, <laughs> hope I won't. But yeah, that's uh, what I'm trying to do. And people are starting to getting worried. Like, <laughs> so how are you gonna handle this and still making music and live a life? <laughs> well, well, I just want to say thank you once again for coming out and talking with us. We went almost an hour and a half today, so that was. That might be a personal record for me. Um, it was very easy, though, talking to you. It was a lot of fun. Um, Fifi's double album that's coming out is called There's a Funeral in My Heart for Every Man I Love. Uh, you could check it out on her website, fifirong.com. That's F-I-F-I-R-O-N-G.com. Um, check out her crowdfunding. Check out all of her music. Her OpenSea links are on there, so you could check out uh, NFTs that she has, and uh, just want to thank you again. Really awesome talking to you. I'm going to make sure to stop in your spaces uh, when I see them up. We're friends on here, so I'll be sure to get in contact with you. Uh, thank you very, very much. Really, really appreciate. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm easy to talk to because you just need to ask a question, and then I'm like automatically just run <laughs> forever. Uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's why it takes so long, I guess. And yeah, all the links are in my profiles. Uh, just one link, a link tree, and uh, everything you need is in that one link. So yeah, thank you guys so much, and uh, have a lovely evening. You too. Get some rest, and thanks for staying up. So you too. Yeah, thanks for coming. It's awesome to talk to you. We connect on a lot of things. I, I love the community power uh, that you see with NFTs. Yeah, just follow you as well. Like, uh, thank you so much. I really love this space because, like, it's all uh, 
many many strange uh, like uh, as in not stranger like as in i haven't seen you before so yeah i'm sure like we're connecting uh, uh like with new people because usually in my active times i have a different group of people so yeah this is really valuable to me as well and also thanks for the dgens <laughs> for the ogs <laughs> and my supporters yeah thank you good night guys yeah, thank you so much